2: And welcome to the third hour of the Randy Corcoran program, this November 18th, 2023. Yes, it's host Matt Don in, pinch hitting for Randy Corcoran tonight, having fun doing it, honored to be doing it. Yes, excited about my new dental practice that I've been starting up, but yet, you know, Hanging out, talking about current events and especially MAGA momentum. Oh, what a joy this is. And Trump stays on the ballot in Colorado. Yeah, we saw that one coming. I know a lot of folks were worried about it. I don't see that being changed. I could be wrong. I might do a little vignette on host instincts, the importance of them. Here in just a moment. And how that relates to self-esteem in politics, a lot of the commentariat gets trampled by reality. They think things are going to happen this way, and then reality tramples all over them. And then they have to find ways to explain (laughs) why they missed that while maintaining and clinging to their sense of high intellect and self-respect. A lot of the commentary you see out there is actually related to that. And you need to, to kind of see that. But Trump staying on the ballot in Colorado, CNN was not enjoying that one little bit. They were having a bad day at CNN. This stunt didn't work. Believe me, they're going to have a lot more stunts to try to be working on, but let's just hear what CNN, how they reported on that. Uh, Trump staying on the ballot in Colorado. A judge seconds ago just ruling on whether former President Trump should be kicked off the ballot in the state of Colorado. (coughs) Judge Sarah Rollis deciding that Trump is eligible to run for president even after his role in the January 6th insurrection. Uh, a group of voters and filed a lawsuit and this was based specifically on the 14th amendment they argued that that amendment would bar trump from federal office uh, a judge though Ruling the other way, as I said just seconds ago, a team of reporters is standing by uh, to go through the details on this breaking news as we get it. Lucy Kafanov is out front in Denver. Evan Perez is in Washington. And Evan, uh, as I said seconds ago, I haven't had a chance to read 102 pages. I, uh, you've had a chance to see a little bit more of it than I have. Uh, right. But what, what do we need to know?
3: The bottom line, uh, Aaron, is that the judge, uh, Judge Sarah Wallace, is ordering that Donald Trump's name will appear on the ballot in Colorado. This is uh, a ruling that she just uh, came down. And the, 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 the bottom line for the judge is that the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which is what these voters were, see- were seeking to have enforced, uh, they say, the judge is saying uh, it's not clear. That this applies to the president of the United States, or no the, uh, that this president of the United States is covered by that section of, of the of the Fourteenth Amendment. It's not clear that the framers, the, the writers of the uh, of that section of, of the Constitution, intended for that to apply to the president of the United States. And I'll read you just a part of what the, uh, the, the that the Fourteenth Amendment says. It says that uh, anyone who previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer in the United States, uh, or as an executive and a judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof is disqualified from uh, holding office. And so that's what uh, these voters were seeking to have enforced, to have uh, the former president struck from the ballot in, uh, in Colorado. And the judge says uh, that really she can't really enforce that because it's clear to her that uh, if the framers of the Constitution had intended for that uh, to apply to a president of the United States, then they would have made that much clearer. And so in her view, it does not apply, and therefore... The president, the the former president will appear on the Colorado ballot.
2: Okay, grim faces at CNN. They were sure grim about that. You know, the little frowny frowns frown. So they had to take that one and just sort of lump it. But that little summary they offered, I mean, going back to the Civil War and the 14th Amendment and how that all worked out. And uh, the judge actually, I think, kind of got that right, that it's just not clear. It just was not the explicit intention of that. Okay, that was a civil war related measure. And, of course, the Soros money trying to pervert it into this to be a life preserver for ruling class power right now. And uh, a while back when this first got started, we kind of went into that whole 14th Amendment thing and said pretty similar stuff to what the what that judge came up with. And, you know, 100 pages that would basically say, yeah, Trump is really bad. Trump's a really bad guy, you know, but at the end say, well, you know, it's just not clear, so we can't do this. <laughs> and, of course, somehow CNN did find a way to omit that the money behind that deal is George Soros money. And we pointed that out in a show a couple of weeks ago, won't do that again, where you trace where that money came from and the organizations behind it and the people that were admitting, yes, George Soros money, they were kind of embarrassed to point that out, but uh, yeah. And see, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, the mainstream media should be explicit in pointing that stuff out. Anyway, so that one goes by the wayside, and there might be some people who worry that Colorado Supreme Court could could now do something different, you know, or then the uh, SCOTUS of the United States, right, uh, SCOT of the United States could do something different, but I just think that they're going to have to find other stunts, okay? This is just the typical kind of thing that comes out there and generates huge amounts of media attention and keeps the MSM, you know, saying that Trump is bad and keeping the insurrection word in circulation. That's you see how that works. The echo chamber kind of stuff. And they've got to be wondering, gosh, it's just not working. It's just not working. I mean, how come we're having all these problems and Trump is winning? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We have to really double down and say about how double secret probation is what Trump is on. Oh, he's already on probation. But now they're gonna to have to up it to double secret probation. We played the, the Animal House clip a little bit ago. So, you know, they're 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 having some trouble. And you know, Mago Momentum. Here's Trump walking into that UFC two hundred ninety-five event the other night, and Joe Rogan, who narrates this, was blown away. Trump walks in, Tucker Carlson walks in together. Dan Bongino, I believe, was with them. You couldn't really see him on camera as much. And the place went nuts. The roof blew off that place. These UFC people are kind of hard to control, which I like. Propaganda does not work on them. And the sheer grassroots MAGA enthusiasm for Donald Trump. Nobody else has this, has this charisma, has this has this kind of connection with the American people, with the American voter. Let's just hear Rogan tell it. Rogan, by the way, the number one podcaster in the United States of America. Countless millions listen to that guy. He's just barely ahead of me. Just a little. Uh, here's Rogan. When we walked out of Madison Square Garden, he
4: was a Really? It was the whole place was cheering. He walks out to Kid Rock's American Badass <laughs> with Kid Rock and Tucker yeah, Carlson walking in like the right-wing Avengers, <laughs> and the place went nuts. I'm telling you, the f***ing cheers of the crowd were nuts. I mean, it was overwhelmingly in support of him, and it lasted a long time. I mean it was a roar. I mean you had to hear what the crowd sounded like before you walked in and then we did. I mean it was just overwhelming cheers. Yes. For like over a minute. I mean, just imagine a minute of people screaming at the top of their lungs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine a minute of people screaming at the top of their lungs, blowing the roof off of Madison Square Garden. Rogan couldn't believe it. I mean, he was blown away by that reception. And that's real America. That's the America the mainstream media always hides from you. That's the America the rhinos always hide from you. Like I said, nobody likes Liz Cheney. Nobody likes Nikki Haley. Almost nobody likes Ron DeSantis. Nobody likes Biden. Biden walks into a place like that, and what would—oh, can you imagine the opposite reaction? Can you imagine the implosion? Can you imagine the let's go Brandon chant that would have erupted in that situation? So it's real, ladies and gentlemen. The pillars of establishment power are crumbling. J6 is the latest one we've been investigating a bit tonight with the new footage. You can hear those pillars creaking and groaning. Put your ear to the ground. You see those kinds of organic reactions, like at the UFC event and the crowds that Trump is drawing when he speaks and holds rallies around the United States of America. That's not going anywhere. That's not going away. No one else can do it. you think double secret probation is going to work? Bannon says MAGA is getting stronger every day. Let's hear him tell it.
4: Why is the economists doing this? Why are they in meltdown? Why now are you part of an American insurgency? MAGA is the worst thing in the world. Uh, This is all Biden runs against. You guys are criminal in nature. You're the backbone of the nation but you're the worst people ever born and uh, are, are set to destroy the United States of America. Why is that? Because we're getting stronger every day. They know that. The mega tide is ascendant. They understand that. They understand we're much more sophisticated and tougher than in 2016. That's why you have all these people working on all these different efforts about deconstructing the administrative state um, when President Trump takes office again. So no more games, as President Trump would say. Um. You can't go forward until you get to the bottom of the 2020 steal, and you can't go forward until you get to the bottom of J six. Just can't do it.
2: And Bannon, I think, is spot on. Put your ears to the ground. What do you hear? Do you see an, a nervous establishment? Do you see? Do you see the commentators having to apologize for Biden like Saki's doing? Yeah, Biden is old. Yeah, Biden falls down. Yeah. He falls off his bike, but uh, they have to apologize for him because you've got the evidence. The voters have the evidence right in front of them of what Biden has done. Screwed up the foreign policy, screwed up the domestic policy that once was so glorious in this country. So, again, the media has to try to convince people to not look at the evidence right in front of them, not use their own two eyeballs, but listen to them talk about double secret probation for the next couple years as they sense it and they feel it that MAGA is only getting stronger every day, more sophisticated and tougher. Eyes open to what happened in 2020. Eyes seeing through the Ray and the J6 official narrative. And I'll throw this out there. Anybody interested in Tucker Carlson as VP. Does that grab anyone? Does anybody like that concept? And I would submit to you that I'm warming up to it. I kind of like that concept. It was a trial balloon last week. Charlie Kirk, right here, 710K in U.S., was floating that. And I think he um, had a little inside info there to float that. And you you float this stuff and you see what the reaction is. Next night, you've got Tucker walking out the UFC, blowing the roof off the place with Trump walking in. I think this is a real thing, and I think it's a real potential thing. And I also think this, that part of what Team Trump might be thinking, I think Tucker and Trump have always gotten along great. Tucker has said a few negative things about Trump, of course, you see that. And um, like everyone, of course, out there, there are going to be some people who are skeptical Remember, what did Rush Limbaugh call Tucker? Chadsworth? J. Waddingham, Chadsworth or something? I think there was always a little Limbaugh skepticism about, about Tucker. But I think we've been watching Tucker's worldview evolve essentially into a backbone radio worldview over the past several years. And Tucker Carlson was saying no to the gulag at Fox News, and they had to fire him. And I think after having been fired and expelled from the establishment, Tucker Carlson had his bell rung, and I think if he's asked, I think Tucker Carlson says yes to this. And I think he should say yes if asked, because the country is dying. And if we don't fix a few of these things, and if we don't overcome the administrative state, if we don't overcome the deep state like now. It's just going to be wreckage here, the United States of America. It's got to happen now. And I think Tucker feels that urgency. I know MAGA feels that urgency. A substantial portion of the American people feel that urgency. Some don't. They're just off there, you know, enjoying the propaganda, (laughs) not having any clue what's going on. But millions of us do, and millions of us are waking up all the time. But I would say this for me, the clincher on why I think this is, a, this is a real thing that Tucker's being considered to be VP is that the expectation is that Gavin Newsom will be the nominee on the Democratic Party. It's not going to be Biden. And so you have Gavin Newsom with all that slick brown hair, a little bit gray, appropriately gray, right? And uh, by the way, someone told me I have, I have Newsom hair the other day. As he gets more in I wonder if I'm gonna get that more as time goes on. I, I don't take that as a compliment, but I still have hair. That's 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 one of those lucky things, I guess, or unlucky, I don't know, which is better. But uh if Newsom's out there, I think Tucker on the ticket helps 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 match that a little bit. What do you think? Do you think if it's Newsom? Don't you think Tucker matches that? And boy, Tucker has been Pretty rough on Newsom over the years. <laughs> and You know, uh, by the way, Newsom, he, why did he clean up San Francisco? Because the Chai are well, it's true, he says. I know folks
1: say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um,
2: that's true. Because it's true. That's true. Because it's true. He he cleans up San Francisco because the Chai are coming to town. It's true. Because it's true. He just admits it. Well... I guess that's kind of refreshing to just admit that, that you so despise your own citizens of California that you won't clean up the place until a CHICOM comes over. <laughs> yeah. Put that on your resume for Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Let's hear that one more time.
1: I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true. Because it's true.
2: Yeah. It is true. Funny. How cleaning up your own city can become a case study in the America Last mindset. Trump puts America first. Tucker puts America first. Gavin Newsom, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. It's always America Last with them. And throw in Mitch McConnell. (laughs) I think Speaker McCarthy, another America Laster out there. Glad we got rid of that dude. See ya, bud. Not going to be missed. And every day Johnson keeps his promises is a day that buries McCarthy alive. And I hear he's being pretty snippy back there in the Beltway, being kind of snippy about having lost power. Yeah, sorry, McCarthy, but, uh, you know, you were just a slick politician at a time when we're worried about losing the country. We're losing this place. We don't have patience for that stuff. Yeah, no patience. The man was not the right person for the moment in mccarthy johnson seems to be better so far and he actually came out and endorsed trump the other day anyway let's carry on into a break here it's matt dunn and for randy corporan we'll be right back after this we gotta let this one play keep it up john ghost riders by the outlaws bring it boys Oh, yeah. You remember the Outlaws version of Ghost Riders in the Sky? Somehow that song popped in my head, one of my all-time faves. And so I was taking the kids to tennis lessons today, and I was playing this song probably a little too loud. Sorry, kiddos. (laughs) Once in a while, Dad gets carried away, you know. But I gotta love that one, and that's like one of those eight-minute songs with all the crazy southern rock guitar solos in there, but I don't know. Uh, which, which version of that tune do you like better, you know? The Gene Autry version? The Roy Rogers version? The Riders in the Sky version? You can go down the list. Vaughn Monroe might be a winner. I think one time a few years ago, I I did have a listen-off, and Took votes for who, which, which version of that song did people like the most? But at least I give the Outlaws that's the rockingest one with the heaviest southern guitar flavor. And sometimes you just need it, right? At any rate, Matt down in for Randy Corcoran. and yeah, Randy just sent a little tweet over thanking me for being in here, and I am just honored, honored brother Randy. We miss you, and we'll we'll enjoy having you back in the saddle next Saturday evening. And, of course, I'll be back tomorrow night for Backbone Radio. Oh, we're going to launch it and launch it big. One last point about Tucker's potential VP. And actually, someone checks in. Uh, I have that Outlaws album. Rock on. Thank you. Text to studio. And, uh, oh, George says the Moody Blues version. The Moody Blues did Ghost Riders in the Sky. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. They actually did that? I did not know this. The Moody Blues, like Nights in White Satin, Tuesday Afternoon, Ride My Seesaw, those guys. Who, by the way, I hear Moody Blues were like one of the most amazing acts to play at Red Rocks. Something about Red Rocks really suited the Moody Blues. Huh. I did not know they did that. I'm going to have to check it out and then I'll report back. But I don't know. They're going to have to be good to beat the outlaws on that. But anyway, yeah. Some folks have. One folk. Uh, some folks check that say, eh, "Let's keep Tucker in the media. Let's not have him lose his media perch to be uh, to be on the ticket with Trump." But I'm just I'm just putting this out there because I, I think it's a real thing. I think they're really considering it, and I think if it's Newsom, I think that makes Tucker as VP more likely. And again, I think Tucker would say yes because the country's dying. And Tucker feels urgency. But even Don Jr., Don Trump Jr., comes out and he was saying this yesterday. He's saying, I would endorse that ticket right now. He says it's not a done deal, but he says he would endorse the Trump-Tucker ticket right now. Recording this two or three hours early, so we may have the time to let my team splice it in. But it was epic. But it started off even more of the Tucker Carlson VP talk. Now, obviously, Tucker's a friend. I think he's brilliant. He's got incredible ideas. And I think he'd be great. I would endorse that ticket right now. A lot mm. has to happen. I can't put words into my father's mouth. But if you needed any more reasons, if you needed any more I'll, re- I'll, I'll, I just put that out there because even Don Jr. is talking about it. Hmm. The base loves Tucker. The base trusts Tucker. He's one of those people, Tucker, who has said no to the gulag. That's what we need, are people in positions of great influence saying no to the gulag, no to the deep state, no to the establishment, no to the ruling class, and all their censorious, corrupting ways, forever wars, open borders, the rest of the disease they're inflicting upon this country. Donald Trump has done that more than any other human being. Tucker Carlson is up there on the list. And guess what? Elon Musk is up there on the list. And I'm telling you, if we have a free speech platform, if they can't take out Elon Musk, if they can't get rid of free speech on Twitter heading into 2024, oh, it's going to be tough for the ruling class. And they're dependent upon their censorship, you know. They're dependent upon that. That's how they, they pulled it off in 2020. They shut down all the voices. My, my poor Twitter account. Man, they, they were after me even. Humble, little, gentle, loving backbone radio. Peace and love. Yeah. One of those things. That's how they roll. And, uh, oh, text the studio. Saw the Outlaws in the late 70s and they killed it with that song. Yeah. Yeah. Greengrass and High Tides, you like that one? By the Outlaws. And, uh, oh, somebody sends in something here on uh, Moody Blues. I can't quite interpret it. Oh, no, no. Anyway, couldn't quite understand that one. But let me get to RFK for a moment, if you don't mind. RFK Jr., who is running as an independent now, and the scheme here is to try to drain votes from Donald Trump, especially in the key swing states, especially in Pennsylvania. And um, a lot of people say, oh, no, RFK is going to hurt Biden more, but I say, no, it's going to actually be more of a hill to overcome for Trump, okay? We'll see. It's, It's an interesting debate. It's an open debate, but I think... He's going to gear his messaging on COVID and on vaccines and the rest of that. He's he's been trying to talk in a way that uh, is enticing to Republican or MAGA voters. That's that's how he's been pitching himself. But if you look back at the record, I mean, he's a gun grabber, anti Second Amendment, okay, and uh, he wants all the crazy Green New Deal stuff and. Oh, if you look at how extreme on the left this RFK has been over the years. And he says, "Well, no, I'm changed. No, I'm different. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. But we found a good one here of RFK Jr. complaining about, well, it's too bad that Barack Obama can't get all of his Marxist, crazy, wacko left policies through because, oh, talk radio is a problem. Yeah, talk talk radio is kind of getting in the way here. He actually bashes talk radio. And... Should I take that personally? Should I should I get a little bothered by this? But ah, let's hear RFK tell it and tell me what you think. Be on the alert for this guy. This guy is a fraud and a sham. I'm telling you.
3: That's how well the Obama administration has done
1: on on energy. So far. well, I would say that if the Obama administration did what it wanted to do and what President Obama wants it to do, that we would have done all the things that I just talked
2: about. The problem is um, that. President, that our democracy is broken. The press is broken in this country. Um, we have uh, 30% of
1: Americans now getting their, their, uh, their information from talk radio, which is
2: 95% controlled by the right. We have uh, 22% getting their news from, um, from uh, Fox News. Oh, yeah. Doesn't like talk radio, RFK. Hmm. I'm kind of offended by that, you know, and I'm hard to offend. I, I don't get easily offended, you know, and I think people out there, I think part of free speech is you're allowed to offend one another. That's that's without that, then you don't have free speech, right? <laughs> and that's the left, by the way. You should not be allowed to say anything that's offensive to anybody. Oh, throw you in the gulag. That's their viewpoint, a lot of them. But RFK, ladies and gentlemen, um, and he went on to, you know, mention Rush Limbaugh by name there. And, uh, oh, the folks that like to bash talk radio, I mean, that's one of the last bastions of where you can get the word out in this country is talk radio. It is invaluable, let me say. For the folks that don't want to just sit there and chew on the CNN, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, Wolf Blitzer propaganda around the clock, who know it's bogus, you can see right through it, we bathe in it, CBS, NBC, ABC, all the rest of it. You got to have some other place to get some info. Talk radio is pivotal. And there's RFK saying he doesn't like it. And oh, bummer, that talk radio was getting in the way of Barack Obama's energy Marxism. (laughs) That was offensive. So go down the list with RFK, ladies and gentlemen. And I do encourage you to spread the word on the phony that RFK is. You got to take his word for it. Oh, I've changed. I, I, I've changed, I, I'm no longer that. I, I, I. Is that a good RFK imitation? He uh, you know, has that vocal thing, which is not an asset, I would say. But uh, just pass that one on there, okay? That, that is RFK, and you know what he is up to, and I see that as another of the stunts, that they're trying to insulate themselves, protect themselves in power, the ruling class, the entrenched beltway, They've got to find all these stunts. Try to get Trump off the ballot. Let's throw RFK in there and have them talk about COVID and vaccines. Try to peel off some people there. Yeah. Go down the list of what they're going to be up to. Let's mugshot them, throw them in jail, send the FBI after Mar-a-Lago. By the way, how can the Republican Party, it's been 467 days since the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. What has the Republican Party done about that? Uh... Where's that cricket sound that Stephen Tubbs has? Where's where's the crickets? They've done nothing, ladies and gentlemen. We know the gig of the Republican Party. We we know how they operate. We know what they're up to. Their whole job and agenda is to let Trump hang out there on the vine by himself. (laughs) Let him fend for himself against the deep state. That's what Mitch McConnell does. That's what McCarthy was doing. That's their whole racket, their whole rig, their whole game. And they tried to run DeSantis through. They tried to run Nikki Haley through, didn't get anywhere. So they put Trump out there on that branch by himself, and he just happened to take the voters with him, just about all of them, in the Republican Party. <laughs> so, and I do notice this. I was texting to a studio with an individual who was saying that, uh, that GOP voters are getting less tolerant of the rhino thing. Less tolerant. We're less accepting of that. I can only imagine what it's been like hanging out at Ken Buck headquarters since he went full out-of-the-closet rhino lately. That phone, those emails, the tweets, the ratios. And by the way, on this, I'll work this in before the break. Jenna Ellis is out there, okay? And uh, I will say... uh, she definitely turned on Donald Trump. Donald Trump made her name. She made her, he made Jenna a national figure. And so she's out there tweeting, speaking of ratios, and every time Jenna Ellis sends out a tweet, you read the responses underneath the tweet, and it's like they're all attacking Jenna Ellis. Oh, man. It's really pretty rough on Jenna. And people are just not having the tolerance for to see Jenna, who is made big by Trump, and then she turns her back on him and accuses him of stuff. And uh, <laughs> that just doesn't go over well. And I will just say this. Respect for Jenna Ellis. I've done some radio shows with her, and she's part of the family here at Salem. And so I don't say too much about it. Uh, but I will just say this, that uh, when she and I did some radio together... You know, she was very critical. This is, goes back to 2016. And I was on the... I was pushing hard for Donald Trump even back then. And I was a little surprised that she she was rather hostile to Donald Trump back then. And um anyway, maybe I shouldn't say too much more. I mean, respect for Jenna. And she's out there trying. And it's hard when you're a public figure and you're getting ratioed like that. It can't be easy on her. And I, you know, I don't... That's just part of public life, right? But, um I will say this, that you know, you start out as the Never Trumper and she back in twenty six she was using the word drumf. Oh, people are gonna vote for drumf. Remember that the never Trumpers used the drumpf word to refer to Donald Trump. Well she was using that back then. And then somehow she got this golden opportunity to go work for uh Donald Trump and she, she jumped in there and but now she's jumped back out, okay, back to the original. And uh when I talk about, you know, RFK says he's changed his ways, I've changed my ways. I'm no longer that guy. I, 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 I changed. Um, that's my RFK imitation. I enjoy doing that. But uh, I don't believe it when people say they've changed their stripes. And I will just say, in the case of Jenna Ellis, uh, that seems to be the same deal. Okay. Started out as a never-Trumper. And I was there for it, yes. Out of all due respect, you know, I was there. I was sitting right here. Right here, actually, at this very same microphone. And um, then became pro-Trump for a while, while, you know, earning income from that, right? And then uh, back to being a never-Trumper. See Um, how that works? Just put that out there in the most respectful way I possibly can. And people can do more research on that, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, hey, it's Matt Dunn. I'm sitting in for Randy Corcoran tonight. Let's come back in just a moment and carry the torch all the way to the finish line. Be right back. There we go. A little Norwegian pop from Sigrid there here on the Randy Corcoran Show. Matt Dunn, guest hosting, and I'll be back tomorrow night for Backbone Radio, 4 to 7 p.m. Every so often. I'm not above playing some of the light pop music. You know, the stuff that the teeny boppers like. And I don't know, it kind of gets you dancing, but sometimes I take a little grief for it. But sometimes I get compliments for it. You just never know. Over on Backbone, I added up once, I think we've played music from like 60 different countries. We have the America First viewpoint, like in a big way. But we enjoy playing music from all around the world. That's always been just kind of a hoot, doing that kind of thing. And again, part of why I say we are moderate, we are centrist, we are just normal heartland America viewpoints around here, but get ready for the extreme friends, leftists, the ruling classers to call us all kinds of extremist kind of names and references. That's how they operate. Of course, their categories are false, but that's that's just how they work, and Mike Rosen would go off on that back in, back in his day on the radio, and yeah, we do, we do miss Mike Rosen, one of, those, one of those great voices who influenced so many of us out here. Had somebody text in about, uh, yeah, they kind of like the idea of Tucker Carlson for VP. We have to look at who is going to replace Trump five years from now. And I agree that someone younger would compliment Trump. They need to be rock solid. We do not need another Bush-like VP. No more pences. (laughs) No one on that stage. I mean, Vivek's pretty solid, but he's not quite VP material in my view. I think he gets a cabinet position. I enjoy Vivek when he comes out there and just starts banging the gong (laughs) against the media and against the Rhino establishment. Good for Vivek. He's going to be a nice asset. For Trump heading into 2024. But who can you trust in the political sphere? Who can you trust? It's hard to trust anybody. <clears throat> Any Like people who have been elected to office, they tend to get weird and they think like politicians. And then pretty soon they're, they're like dull and useless and they're hardly even worth having around, in my opinion. Tucker will not have that problem if he's the VP nominee. And again, I think he, he poses up well with uh, Newsom, If it's Newsom and not Biden, as I am expecting. And by the way, I wanted to get to this a little bit uh, ago, but when I talk about host instincts, I feel like my instincts tend to be very similar with Tucker Carlson on political issues. They're very similar to Rush Limbaugh's on political issues, and I can't think of many others I can say that about, right? And I'm just saying this just so you have some sense of where I'm coming from as a a part-time radio host practice dentistry all week long and again this is like yeah let's do something different on the weekend and (laughs) but um instincts okay what are your back in 2015 when i saw trump come down the escalator my instinct was oh this guy's gonna win this guy's gonna be the next president and i was right about that and every other commentator anywhere was wrong about that there was only a handful of us that nailed that one and got it right okay so I think that's, that's, that's some instincts. I, I had a good sense of that. And then for 2024, my instinct was, yeah, Trump's running again, and yes, he's going to dominate this primary, and he's going to head into the general running against a Biden or whoever they try to put in there, and the Biden disaster is going to make it harder for them to pull enough stunts to defeat Trump in 2024. Of course, that's still an open question. And I know it's going to be an uphill battle, no matter who the Republican nominee, it's going to be Trump, because, you know, they've got all the stunts and they might even call off the election like they're trying to, like they're doing in Ukraine, right? They, they're going to see Trump winning and they're going to deep state. I mean, they threw a virus out last time, right? Changed the way we have to vote. I mean, they've got all these things they do. But uh, so my instinct was DeSantis was not going to go anywhere and he was going to end his political career. That was right. I mean, the guy is toast. He has fricasseeed his political future. He has been so bad as a candidate that he's even worse than I was expecting. I got to say, but I knew he was going to get clobbered and was not going to go anywhere. And unfortunately, there's a lot of commentators out there who really thought that Sanders was going to be a somebody and really, really thought that was going to work. Of course, it failed, and so a lot of commentators are out there having to like try to maintain their self-esteem and maintain their sense of their own high intellect. After they were utterly trampled by reality, and they're like mad. Sometimes people get mad at me because I got that one right. You know, like who could I get mad at? Who could I blame for causing this? For reality not to live up to what I thought? You know, sometimes I'm I'm the guy who gets it. <laughs> but anyway, but I don't I don't have the problem of having to have reality have trampled me on this and instincts. You know, Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, endorsed. Endorsed DeSantis. I predicted that one. I saw that one all the way along. The RGA kind of pushes that to happen. Corrupt Rhino RGA, and uh, she did it. And I was pretty, uh, even if she does do it, it's not going to matter. And of course, it didn't. Uh, it actually <laughs> has been a net negative because DeSantis has gone down in the polls since the Kim Reynolds endorsement. Okay, so that's that's another one. You know, the instincts were kind of right on there. Gotta say, gotta say. Um, my instincts on Ukraine. When that first started happening, I said, "Dumb." Don't do it. Not a good idea. And that was one of those huge mainstream media propaganda pushes that if you don't have a Ukraine flag up on your Twitter page, if you don't talk about the nobility of the Ukrainian people, if you don't want to send billions upon billions over to Ukraine to try to get World War III started, you're a a bad person. Anyway, I said, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. This is a really terrible idea. We should not be doing this. America has ginned this whole thing up, caused all these problems here going back to at least 2014, and that one has played out exactly right. Took me a while to see that result, but that's exactly how it played out. So, and Tucker Carlson's instincts on Ukraine, exactly the same. From the start, he was like, nope, not a good idea. My instincts on Ken Buck, when I saw him come out starting to go full rhino, saying he wants a job on CNN, I said, oh, Ken Buck's not running again. That's what's going on here. He's not going to run again. Sure enough, he's not running. He came out a few months later and was like, oh, I'm not going to run for reelection. And so, ding, got that one. And uh, I have zero tolerance. For Ken okay, your son went to West Point. So what? You're out there lying and misleading to your red district voters all the time around the clock about spending and about the border and all this stuff. I have, I have no use for the rhino types, no tolerance for that. You know, that's that's no integrity. That's not a good person there. Okay? And to go from being the swamp drainer to somebody who wants to join the swamp and join CNN, I, I just find that, you know, very inexcusable, very offensive, and it's just part of the typical plague of the Republican Party that produces one rhino after another, and you kind of get sick of it. Instinct-wise, on the uh, Colorado ballot, the little scheme, scam, Soros-funded thing to try to get Trump off the ballot here in Colorado, I say, oh... They're going to try that, but that's not going to work. A lot of people were freaking out thinking it was going to work, but I, I, was, I was just out there saying, no, not going to work, not going to work. That, that one's going to go by the wayside and, uh, and detailed the reasons why. And, of course, and it did, okay? So, yeah, I'm just, just trying to give you a sense of where the, where the instincts are and the instincts also on the whole J6 official narrative. I have never bought the J6 official narrative. And as we get more of this video coming out, thanks to Speaker Johnson keeping his promises, it's ever more clear that that was not insurrection activity and that Ray Epps is not who he says he was and how many feds were in there and how many people incited that and what a a rigged deal was the Liz Cheney-Adam Schiff J6 committee. A lot of people kind of, I think, got played by that J6 narrative and you give them just a little video, a little bit of selected video to look at, and then you get that whole huge mainstream media push. You're a bad person if you don't believe the official narrative on this. You're a bad person. And I never went for it, folks. By the way, Tucker Carlson pointed this out. You can go back and look at
1: the tape. My first five shows on January 6th were like, well, yeah, it's bad, but I don't think you're telling the truth about what actually happened. Shut up! I'm racist! <laughs> what? So that's always the key for me. If It's like an infection. You know it's infected when it hurts. You press it. Ah, you recoil. They immediately recoiled when you asked any questions about January 6th. And that was a tip-off to me. I mean, I had no
2: thought in my head as I watched You this get thing. it? You get it? When you come out and you take an opinion... And it's against one of those mainstream media echo chamber pushes that you're a bad person if you're not for the Ukraine war. You're a bad person if you don't believe what we're telling you about J6. And yeah, 2020, you know, you can talk about that in a similar way. You're a bad person, right? Well, my instincts are to stand up to that. Tucker Carlson has stood up to that. Trump has stood up to that. Elon Musk is standing up to that. If we can get more people standing up to that, that's how we save this place. Solzhenitsyn always said, live not by lies. Do not say the things that you do not think. Pass it on. That's how we save this place. Hey, it's Matt Dunn. I'll be back tomorrow night for Backbone 4 to 7 p.m. Great honor, Brother Randy Corcoran. Thanks for having me in. Let's talk tomorrow. Till then.